we're we're just very fortunate to have a lot of like-minded individuals in key positions to to make a difference in the job and it's going to turn around and it's going to save lives i mean i you know yeah. uh, you you me- you never know how many it's going to because you're you're you know if you're a professional and you and you turn out fast and your and your skills are on point um you know you don't realize that you know, you don't even realize it doesn't even have to be grabs. It, it can just be the fact that you made a great stop before it got two rooms down or to the house that it was going to expose next door. I mean, a lot yeah, of times yeah. that's the way it is. Thoughts and opinions by Job Talks podcast members and guests are not representative of any department, organization, or city. This episode is brought to you by Fortified Leather. Fortified Leather is owned by Nathan Welch, a firefighter out in Selma, California. Uh, I've had the opportunity over the last few weeks to get to know Nathan and learn a lot about his business, and I couldn't be happier to have him as a sponsor of the show. Fortified Leather comes from humble family beginnings when Nathan found some leather working tools left over from an old relative. He was in need of a shield at the time and decided to try his hand at leather work, and we're certainly glad he did. Since then, Fortified Leather has grown from making that first shield to a solid business shipping quality leather-made goods all over the country. Fortified Leather makes leather suspenders, bunker belts, custom radio harnesses, glove holsters, flashlight holders, and a whole lot more. They're high quality and able to be customized, so if you're in the market, head over to fortifiedleather.com and check out our friend Nathan. Make sure to tell him that Job Talk sent you over. Don't forget to find him on all the social media channels, give him a follow and a shout out, and let's keep supporting our firefighter and family-owned businesses. Hey guys, thanks for taking a second before the episode to listen to our sponsors. Just wanted to let you guys know that we decided to create a Patreon account as well. Unfortunately, producing this podcast isn't free as much as we love doing it. Between the equipment, the software, and all the editing stuff, it costs money. We want to be around for the long haul, and we want to be able to provide you with good quality episodes and eventually hands-on training. To do that, unfortunately, we need to bring money in. So, we have our Patreon account. You can go to patreon.com slash jobtalks. That's patreon.com slash J-O-B-T-L-K-S. We have two tier subscriptions. The first tier is a dollar a month, basically just letting us know that you support what we're doing and we really appreciate that. In exchange, we're gonna give you 10% off any classes or lectures that we do in the future. We have another tier for $2.50 a month. And in that tier, we're going to actually invite you to be an audience as we record live episodes. So. When we schedule an episode with a guest, uh, you will get a link to your email to view that episode live as a guest. And then from that subscription, we're going to pick once or twice a season, somebody to actually come on and be part of the episode with us. Um, right now, that's what we can offer, and we hope you guys like it. And we hope you'll support us. So again, patreon.com slash talks, and we appreciate you. All right, what's up, everybody? We are back with another episode. Super excited about doing this one. We're here with Stephen Runyon from Wichita Fire. Welcome. Thanks for having me, fellas. Thanks, man. Um, so a little bit of background. I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Corley Moore with uh, the Weekly Scrap. I was listening to some episodes, and I think I was listening to Justin McWilliams from Search Culture, and then your episode was right after it. And uh, I was listening to it, man, and I was just like, I was like, yes, this is what the fire service needs, man. We need like this this blood and culture uh, in the fire service of just, just absolutely loving it. So uh, took took a shot, sent you a Facebook message, and now here we are, man. And I'm I'm super stoked that you wanted to do this with us. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I really appreciated it. It uh, it doesn't deviate from from much of my days uh, 
talking fire department and and chopping it up with other guys just like going to work so uh this yeah. is you know thanks for having me and and uh you know anytime um so uh, we appreciate I'm gonna, it, man. i'm gonna get a quick quick background here so uh, you've been in the fire service for 21 years, 15-year uh, captain with Wichita. Uh, you're a captain of Truck 2 in South Wichita. You're the hiring coordinator. You're the truck coordinator. You're a Georgia smoke diver, uh, FDIC hot class specialist, and Wichita hot board member. Did, did I miss anything there? That's that's a hell of a resume. No, and, and like I said, it, it just, it, like it's, it's, it's one of those things to where like, you guys talk about the passion. It's like everywhere I turn, uh, you know, and that, and that's something where, you know, I think I've just been very fortunate timing and mentors and where I've been assigned and things like that. Like all of that kind of just, it, it you know, I, I just kept following the breadcrumbs. And so, you know, that, that wraps it up. It, it's, you know, it's always one of those things where somebody asks for a bio or like when Wichita hot would put something on the website, I'm like, sound it just sounds corny but it's one of those things where it's like i i just i yeah. i've been true truly blessed i that's all i can say yeah. you know what's funny is any anytime you talk to, to guys that are like doing big things for the fire service which i really believe you are just listening to to what i listen to like every single one of them says the same thing like it was the mentors the right place right time uh but you still have to take advantage of those opportunities right and so those opportunities yeah. fall into some guys laps and they don't end up doing it so like kudos to you for 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 taking the opportunities, picking up the breadcrumbs. You know what I mean? Well, I appreciate it. And if you if you talk to uh, the uh, the editor of Fire Engineering right now, he'd say I'm not taking advantage of that because I think I get uh, a, a once a week of where's where's that article or where's these videos that you're going to shoot me <laughs> and things like that. So yeah. I uh, you know I, I'm quick to tell him when when I see something that I that I call bullshit on, but then he's like, oh well where's your stuff? And so I, I, uh, I, I wouldn't say that I'm taking full advantage of it, but it's one of those things to where I, uh, I'm, I'm trying to lower my handicap and play some good golf right now. So I hear yeah. that, man. So you, uh, you like calling bullshit on people sometimes. And I got this from the, uh, from, from the other episode too. You, uh, go by a code name on, uh, on the social medias, Tommy gun. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it it was one of those things to where, uh, like I said before, it was a whole lot more fun when no one knew who I was. <laughs> yeah. But but I will, that full disclaimer, just a few days ago, I feel like I finally arrived because somebody copycatted my account and all my pictures and sent everybody friend requests. So I feel like that's once <laughs> once that's happened, you're kind of, yeah. it's like you a, a verified. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't need the blue check. I know, I know it. Right. I mean, I, I was getting ready to pay Elon Musk a bunch, bunch of money, but now I, I think I'm good. So, yeah, it, it, it uh, you know, I'm. It's one of those things to where I, I, I love social media, but I also hate it. Um, yeah. You know, we, we, we tend in the fire service like, like one of my best friends, Scott Kleinschmidt. You know, he, I talked about. He calls them celebrities. And there are people out there whose entire careers are built upon, uh, you know, a house of cards, uh, online yeah. personalities. And and, yeah. and there's nothing I, I, I truly appreciate their love for the fire service and everything else. But, you know, I, I'd be the first one to say if I don't go to fires, I'm not going to sit here and try to chop it up with you guys who are going to work. So. Yeah. So, so, like, that's a good jumping off point. So give us a little background about Wichita because you guys go to fires. So, so what do you guys staff? Um, 
what do you guys staff in like uh, just like a general size of your size of the city and about how many fires working fires are above are you guys running a year so like i said i've been witched off 15 years and it's been a very uh it's been a very interesting I, you, i've seen a complete culture change and like you guys talk about culture a lot and tactics um you know when i first came on you know you, you don't know anything uh, you know you just you just you don't know what you don't know and right. so you know wichita's grown it's it's a it's a it's a nice city to live in and a nice city to lay, raise a family in except for a nice little swath right down the middle of of the city which is where my firehouse is located at um so wichita we've got uh let's see budget book we're 497 now on the budget book um every single day we'll staff 131 uh firemen on duty across 23 firehouses uh one of them's a temporary firehouse with a four-man engine company just due to a, a bridge that's taken out for a couple of years but um you know been around since uh we went paid 1886 um you know one of the first motorized departments they always the the, the museum's right next to my firehouse and so you Pretty get cool. a lot great background and i mean and it's the kansas museum for fire and it's and it's just one of those things where it's it's so unique to go you'll be able to go over there and and kind of see where you came from because like we always talk there's That's nothing cool. new in the fire service there it, it's yeah. just renamed or they get a right. fancy acronym for it but uh so wichita every day like i said we've got uh, we're staffing 23 firehouses um you know we're running seven truck companies two two rescues and you know it's 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 a busy department i think i i might butcher the numbers as far as the total calls we don't do any transport we've got no ambulances so that is i mean you want to talk about <laughs> as the hiring guy that's the selling point if you will oh yeah hey, you you go up the road a, a couple three hours and you're going to work for a great department if you're in the right firehouse but you are going to spend some time on that ambo so yeah uh, yeah you know, so we we do make medical calls, but the county runs the ambulance service. So um, we're we're running, you know, we're running um, some two man little pickups, and and forgive me, but they somebody named them squads a long it's time okay. ago. It's They're okay. just I apologize, preface it up front from you know. So it, it uh, but couple a, a couple guys on a pickup truck now now they've got their bunker gear and they're going to work so. Um, but yeah. we, you know, I think uh, last year we made 726 working structure fires. Wow. So Jesus. for a city, you know, almost. what's that? Almost twice a day. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and and it's like anything else, you know, I mean, that we're, we're really good as far as we're, we're great at that, uh, that first alarm assignment. We're dropping three engines um, or and two squads or else a fourth engine in a squad, uh, two trucks, a rescue, two BCs, you know, and some, some, you know, mobile air and, and rehab stuff. But, uh, we're, we're really good at that single family ranch. You know, uh, we've got, it, it's, it's, Wichita is pretty unique in the fact that, uh, in, you know, when I spent down at the downtown house, I spent seven or eight years at once, you would go from, you know, a high rise to a grain elevator to a manufacturer. I mean, you, all in that first two area, you've got this and, and and we're spread out. We're 166 square miles plus 
plus and so there's there's four to five hundred thousand people in the in the metro and then now Wichita's kind of you know we've got all the room being Kansas but so yeah. all the all the little towns around uh you know they're 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 growing the suburbs I mean I I live in the suburb east of, of Wichita and they've got one firehouse they got two high schools one firehouse so right. figure that out Wow. But uh, so what what we started doing was, you know, obviously we are uh, we're we're rich with people and apparatus and skills. So we'll send an engine truck and battalion to all the incorporated areas, all the little cities around we've got mutual with. Yeah. So uh, it it helps out. You know, our our core gets a majority of the work, but our east and west side uh, they they pick up some work. I mean, yeah. you know, mutual they pick aid. up some work. And they're and they're like I said, they get to head out into the suburbs, and you know when it's been burning out there for for uh, ten minutes or so, it, it, yeah. and, and and everything east and west is lightweight. You know, I mean, in right. my first in area, we've got some houses built in the you know eighteen hundreds, nineteen hundreds, that uh, early nineteen hundreds that are great. You know, used to be beautiful two and a half story balloon frame houses that are now chopped up into you know slumlord seven apartment. You know, it's, it's a, it's a great area to be in. So Wichita's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a great place to work. And I didn't realize until, um, I went out until I started working with FDIC and started kind of expanding my horizons and talking to different people. And I'd be like, Oh, you guys work where? No, you know, Hey, been any fires lately? And like, yeah, we had one, you know, a department that you'd go, man, that's where I want to work. And they'd say, uh, yeah, we went to a fire a couple, couple months ago. And I'm like, they're like, what about you? I'm like, I've been to, you know, eight working fires and five shifts. Now that's, that's, that's a great, you know, that's a record yeah. for me, but it's right. one of the things where the timing of it and, and they're looking at me, like I got a dick growing out of my forehead or something. So <laughs> yeah, but, that's, awesome. that's, that's a, I think that's like a dream. We all wish we could live with. So Barry and I are on Cambridge mass, which is, next door to Boston, like right across the river. And, um, we, we run, um, we run roughly 70 on a shift, uh, in six square miles, we have like 120,000 people. So we're really, really dense. Um, yeah, really dense. Um, and you know, for, for our area, we, we catch a decent amount of work, but compared to something like that, I mean, yeah. we, we're definitely not going to, you know, you yeah. will catch, you might catch, on a, on a good year, you might catch one a month or something with, with mutual aids. We have some pretty good mutual aid guards too, you know, um, yeah. but we're certainly not, not catching. Well, and you know, how, and you know how it is though, is that, you know, you got that, that, that number there, but I'll still go, even at the, even at one of the busiest firehouses in the city, um, especially for first two fires, you know, I'll still go, uh, it's, you know how it is, it's cyclical. And all of a sudden yeah. the East side will pop off for a while. So yeah. it's like, I, you know, I tell, I tell folks, I said, you know, the numbers are what they are, but everybody that's, that's kind of one of those things where when you're covering such a big area, yeah. um, you know, but, but by default, so the, so the, the rub with us was, is that for the longest time we had uh, four truck companies. And oh. so I've, I've ridden a truck. I mean, I, guys always laugh and they're like, Oh, I, I went through pump school. I did the whole thing. And then I think I, I think I charged the line one time, didn't get a water supply. And then I got right back on the truck. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's my passion. It's what I like. Um, yeah. you know, but it was one of those things where, uh, when you, when you're sending, 
uh, you know, when you're covering 166 square miles and you only have four truck companies and you're sending two to every fire for the longest time up until yeah. just recently when we added we added two more trucks with a safer grant earlier this year the entire south part of Wichita uh, every fire I was I was going to and so that's, you get you get a whole lot of experience yeah, in man. a short amount yeah. of time so that's, that's wild because if you put it in perspective right you guys are in four four so we have four truck companies Cambridge is 6.2 square miles right yeah yeah and you so guys are covering it just as long to get from one side of the city to the others. It takes but, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it would, it would, it would not be unusual for me to run, run hot to a fire 10, 10 minutes to get something. I mean, yeah. we would go, I mean, we were traveling out, but kind of one of those things where, you know, you're making a lot of first do work, which you guys know your, your tactics and your, your overall strategy changes from when you're first do with your own crew to when you're showing up, to somebody that you don't necessarily, we, we, we do, we're really good now about, you know, everything's pre-arrival, you know, I mean, first two engines going to stretch. We don't, we don't catch water with any of that. We've got, we've got uh, exclusively a Pierce um, fleet right now. Uh, you know, we buy more, but you know, you're 38 to 41 months out when you order one now. Yeah. So we're, yeah. No, everybody's suffering that, but you know, our first yeah. two engines going to stretch off the tank, 600 gallons on there. Um, they're going to pull past, leave room for the truck. And if it's a squad engine house, squad pickup truck, two man, they'll make a five man fire oh, attack. No, I know it's fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll get yeah. a chain. Yeah. yeah. But it, uh, so it's, it's one of those things to where the beauty of, of it being a short staff fire department was, we're sending, I mean, to, to fill that first alarm assignment, you're getting units from four or five firehouses. So yeah. everybody, you know how it is. Like sometimes I learned more from showing up last to a fire and kind of getting to watch than I did getting in there on the, on the first, uh, being first arriving. So that's where it's like, the nice thing is, is that we're finally to a point operationally where everybody kind of knows the plant. Like you're, it doesn't matter where you show up. Everybody knows the first new engine's stretching, second new engine's water in command, um, you know, and then the the first two trucks get in the front and they're making that decision. You know, we just bumped up to four with the safer grant uh, on every truck nice. because the long, for my entire career until just, uh, I don't know, April, May, we ran three. And yeah, guys, that's what we ran. Yeah, we okay, so you get it. Yeah, and so yeah. it's one of those things. People that people that have all you know that have four or five man truck companies, they don't understand that decision making when it comes to three on yeah. figuring out huge difference. Yeah, are we are we searching? Are we venting? Are we you know? And so you know, I'll I'll have those conversations like, what what do you guys do? And I I, I kind of hate to say I'm like uh, I kind of figured out when I get there. And yeah. what I mean by that is is that it's it the conditions. I'm going to I'm going to make a decision and see how that falls and not let the conditions dictate my actions. But you know we're we're just we're really good at at you know enough guys have gotten a lot of experience in a short amount of time because you got to go to a lot of fires. It didn't have to be in your first in area to go. Yeah, even the jump from like so we have we have four typically four assigned more often than not you run with three. But even the jump from three to four, like operationally, what you can do on the fire ground is like a completely different level. 
Yeah. So congrats yeah. to you guys that, for getting that, that's awesome. Yeah, you're exactly right. And with four, um, you know, so when we would have any extras in the city, a lot of times we'd dump them to the rescues and trucks first. That was the matrix yeah. that it was. Um, and so being the fact that I was the only truck in South City for a long time, you know, having four allowed me to split. And I could yeah. take that top side vent and that search at the same time, um, yeah. you know, and, and we're assigning an, an outside vent man every fire. Um, and our OVs will tend to, to team up together and do what needs to be done. But, you know, we, we, uh, we, we're just in a really good place. I mean, our, the, the battalion chief of training, Kelly Ross, he was actually my recruit instructor. He was a Lieutenant back then and came in. And I mean, we, I laugh because we stretched a million feet of hose. I thought that I, I legitimately, I didn't know how to do anything other than stretch hose and, and roll it. And I mean, it, it was one of those things, but he was a ghetto fireman. Uh, I mean, he's just a, he's a guy that's been all over the country. He's friends with everybody. And, and he taught us, he, he instilled the right way of even when what was going on operationally on the floor necessarily didn't match up. He taught us how to be firemen first and it's funny because like you look back at, you know, we just, we just, my class just hit 15 years with Wichita and there are, I mean, captains and lieutenants, you look through there and you're just like, they're either not here anymore or they're captains, lieutenants outside of a couple guys who are just that they're good being firemen and, and you need right. that. You need that yeah. experience, but not worried about promoting up. I'm sure it's the same where you guys work, where, you know, just because you yeah. made rank, just because you made rank doesn't mean you should have. That's yeah, that's oh, absolutely true. I think that, I think that's, I think that's everywhere, you know, and it's, I think it's hard on our, we have like a civil service process and it's hard to balance, like not having subjective, uh, subjective promotions where, where I think some subjectivity is good, right? Cause you want guys that are good at the job. <laughs> But yeah. then you, you don't want guys that are just being promoted because they're family and friends, you know. So then our our promotion process is basically just a written test. And you just you study and you do good. And, yeah, and that's no. it, man. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll get really aggravated <laughs> talking about it. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. you have people that, like, will be really good at, you know, taking a written exam or retaining or regurgitating information. You put them in a stressful situation where they have to make dynamic decisions on a fire ground and they can just crumble. Not to say that there aren't good leaders obviously within the department but sure. i don't think it's the best way to assess someone's leadership capacity yeah. and ability to lead on fire ground but i could talk and about I, that for I, a day yeah, and a half and I saw, yeah, we, we could probably do a we could probably do a whole episode <laughs> on, on just that and and, yeah. I, and i agree and i think that's part of the reason why um you know like i said you you want to talk about timing and being very fortunate is that you know i uh i came up on truck one in the downtown truck with uh at the time the captain uh was Doug Winter and he's we've now been together almost tw from the time that he called me and said hey do you want to come to truck 1 and ride the back uh you know he was the captain at the time now he's my battalion chief and we've been together I'm his captain battalion chief at headquarters at Titan 2 and we've been together you know a dozen years and I mean you want to talk about just the salt of the earth you know, just he's he he today will jump out of that battalion car and can can do any job on that fire ground. And if he's frustrated with it, he he's the, he's yeah. one of those guys. And so but but his lieutenant at the time that was riding the truck, uh, 
you know, he, he made a, sh- a short jump uh, or a, a quick jump and found, found himself as the DCO. We had a retiring DCO. They named the successor. And then that guy, a tying chief by the name of Sid Newby, great guy, um, good fireman, you know, just a, just a, uh, I can't say enough nice things about him. And he just decided, you know what, much like I think a lot of people that get a peek behind the curtain of, of what the administrative side of things is, yeah. if you're, if you're a ghetto fireman, you know, and you like making fires, when you step into that role, you quickly realize the bureaucracy behind it. And you're like, you know what? I, I'm good. I'm I'm going to retire. Yeah. And so that my the lieutenant I I grew up on the truck with uh, him and I you know studied for promotion together. We made I you know I I not even know how many fires. He's the DCO right now in Wichita, and that has given us an opportunity. Given me, you want to talk about snatching it? Is like, hey, you know, a guy that I've been. We've got that relationship where I was his back end man, then I was his driver and everything else. And he was the captain. I was lieutenant once we got promoted. Uh, yeah. You know, he's he's the number two. And so we've been able to affect some real change. And and one of those things was was like you talked about your frustration with the with the promotional process was my frustration with you sitting in a suit and telling a panel from different people in the city from HR and the police department, wherever, and telling people in a suit how good a fireman you're going to be is not the way that you hire for our, our career. No. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild that, that that's how it is for most places. And uh, I think it's, 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 really cool that you guys have broken free of that you know what i mean like yeah or at least it seems to be like again just from what i what i've listened to like it seems like you guys were able to break free of that you know um and uh so we actually did uh we did an interview with uh ray mccormick this morning okay and uh and so he was talking about he was talking about people being afraid to like break the mold for for a variety of reasons and like actually being able to do that is pretty pretty cool yeah, uh, yeah. i've seen for the for the promotional process, I've seen both sides. I worked at a smaller department, and um, the the person that was kind of in charge of making decisions would it was very subjective there, and he would hold people back that should have been promoted. So it's hard, like seeing like which you know which one's better, and how do you meet that in the middle? Yeah. Um, so so before before I'd love to talk about that, but before we do, I gotta ask like, did you always want to be a fireman? Like, where did the passion come from? Like, where did this like level of like being into the job come from for you? So I, I absolutely didn't. I, so I didn't realize, but growing up in my childhood home in a small town, 12 miles east of Wichita, um, my next door neighbor was, was a fireman and he was one of those guys where, and and I didn't know what it was. And he wasn't a big city fireman. He was, I, I, I think he worked at one of the, you know, Wichita's big aircraft. I mean, you know, back in the day, it was Boeing. It was, I mean, every everything that you've ever flown in at some point touched Wichita. I mean, we're the air capital of the world, everything else. Yeah. So I think he was a fireman. If I remember right, he was a, a Boeing fireman. So not a guy that, that went to work like we do, but yeah. uh, he was the, he was the guy that, you know, my dad was career military, gone a lot. So 
this guy was, you know, he was into, he had the schedule. So looking back, it's like, you know, he, he was always into hunting and fishing and boating and everything else. And it's like, I'm just dumb kid playing outside everything else. And so I think that without me even realizing, I was like, man, I'm going to be like Wayne, like Wayne's got it going on. (laughs) Boat. Wayne's got different, different girls over his house all the time. I mean, you know, it's like, your next door neighbor in a small community where you yeah, know you, right. you couldn't swing a you couldn't swing a dead cat and not hit his house. And so yeah. it's funny because I didn't put that together for a long time. And I thought yeah. that was kind of the first exposure to it. And then uh to be real honest with you, you know, it's like I uh school was always very easy for me and got a scholarship from ICT scores and and then I went to college for about a semester and was like I can't do this. So, you know, my pops being career military, he's like, why don't you uh, just, you know, get in the guard, figure something out, everything else. And so I legitimately picked uh fire department off of a list because you're going to join the air force and you're looking at it. And I'm like, no, no way, no way, no way. And I was like, fire department. I was like, that sounds cool. Wayne was a cool guy. So pick that <laughs> <laughs> and uh, went went to you know was was with the guys out of Topeka up at the 190th in in at Forbes Field. Well, the nice thing is is that I went guard, so it didn't tie me into active duty. And so, but went to boot camp, went to the the Lewis F. Garland Academy down there at Goodfellow Air Force Base. And I mean, right away, it was like, oh, this is this is for me. Like I just you know. Yeah. That's number one in my class down there. And it was just like, it, even though it wasn't anything, re- you know, it was just, it was, it was just, it gave me that taste of it. And then it kind of, what it did was, is when I got back, all the guys that were garden members down there were Kansas city firemen, Topeka firemen, all this stuff. So guys that were like, Hey, this is what yeah. you need to do. And so yeah. it was one of those things where those guys worked with me, you know, taught me how to pump, taught me how to do all the extrication, all the stuff. Cause we'd go out there and it's like, you know, you've got government money, you can go out and do all the training you want. And so that was kind of one of those things where those guys, you know, grabbed onto me early and said, you need to, you need to do this. And so that's, that is the second, I mean, you know, I got out of the military in, in uh, January of 08 and March of 08, I was in the Wichita Academy. So that's that awesome. was my awesome. that was my path, which was completely random, but thank God it happened. Yeah, man. I, I hear that. So I like asking that question. Barry and I are both first generation firemen. And uh and I was the same thing. Like I, I did the army thing, I got out, I was like, Oh, all right, maybe I want to do something to help you. I did EMT, did the paramedic thing, and I was like, eh, not quite not quite there, not quite exactly what I want to do. And uh and so one of the towns we were running an intercept truck for was hiring. And I, I called the chief and was like, Hey, I heard you're hiring. He goes, nah, I'm looking for somebody with fire experience. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to drop my resume off anyway. And then next thing I know there I was and and, uh, I never looked back, man. Never looked back. That's awesome. have some, like really good guys, you know, in the beginning that kind of mold you and give and like fuel that passion in you. And then made a jump to a little bit bigger city and, and, you know, met Barry and here we are, you know what I mean? Here yeah, that's history. There you are. That's great. Yeah. yeah, I I I can relate a lot to you guys then cuz like I said I didn't have somebody. Now, I will I would be remiss if I didn't mention that my my 
great aunt who, I mean, my grandfather was, was, uh, the, the secretary of agriculture for the state of Missouri and, you know, wow. chamber of commerce, vice president stuff. And so, uh, I, my grandfather was just a, an unbelievable, you know, cattle farmer, everything else just, they taught me more about just life and everything else. And, yeah. and was just that was that guy Well, his sister was, she was the, I guess uh, up in Kansas city, she was the assistant to the hazmat chief in Kansas city. So like she was in the firehouse every day, you know, yeah. work. So she showed up, you know, she made coffee. She's, she's the, the greatest woman that's ever lived. And so she, she would always talk about, you know, the firehouse, the firehouse. And, you know, I had right. shirts from Kansas city and she'd talk about how much the guys are. And, and I remember one time, uh, you know, my, my dad had bought a vehicle up in Kansas city and it broke down on our way home. And the Kansas city fire department is, um, at least, especially back then, 20, 30 years ago, probably 30 years ago now, uh, it's, and it still is that way. I mean, it was that, you know, Kansas city mafia type of, I mean, the guys that were in the, the fire department and I, and I didn't know anything about it as a kid, but, uh, I remember he he had bought a vehicle and some guy, you know, told him, hey, basically just, ah, you're shit out of luck, man. And, and uh, <laughs> so he, he told my my aunt about it and she tells the the chief at the time. And next thing you know, there is a, a check showing up at the front door type of deal. And so I, I remember <laughs> the story. And now looking back, I'm like, OK. And and yeah. for her, when she retired, when she retired for her retirement party, course it was firemen everywhere and that chief walked in you know flanked by a couple a, a couple guys a couple bruisers and it was like i remember looking around and i'm like this this is what you know like i'm yeah. not watching an episode of, am i watching goodfellas or am i am i at my <laughs> retirement party so i and and i still i still you know talk to her and go to her house all the time in kansas city that's and awesome like, i love i love hearing the stories now because they resonate so much. And I'm like, that's the fire department I want to be a part of. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, man. That's awesome. Um, so how did you, so you took, so like, obviously like that passion came, came when you joined the fire service and then um, you worked for a while. How long had you been on Wichita when you became the hiring coordinator? And like, how did you, how did you take that passion and love for the job and, and make the changes that you've made? So, I mentioned the DCO uh, being a guy I grew up on the truck with. And so when he, when he promoted me to captain, um, which I, you know, the way we do our, our hiring stuff, uh, they'll do a, a written test, then they'll factor in seniority. And then the top 40 lieutenants and the top 30 captains get invited to the um, assessment center. And so the assessment center, you know, was, is generally, you know, firemen from, Oklahoma City, Kansas City, you know, departments we we kind of, you know, the the battalion chief that that taught my recruit class way back in the day, you know, guys that he, you know, it'd be like if I called you guys and said, "Hey, you know, we you understand how we run, you know what yeah. we're looking for, brings right. brings in the right assessors." So, yeah. they, guys, you have trust in the rapport. They do, that, they do that promotional process that way everything else. So, um, you know, I was always uh, you know, I I promoted up early, but I was always giving up those points to seniority because seniority was a, was a big thing. So, uh, I, you know, it's like when I made captain, which 
it, uh, it, he, when they called me that, you know, I made captain and it was going to be effective, but the DCO said, Hey, I want you to come downtown for a little while and, you know, basically be his, it's, they call it the 195. It's, it's the ops chief assistant. So I went from Lieutenant on the truck to I'm putting on my uniform and going downtown to city hall on the 11th floor every day with an office between the fire chief and the ops chief. And that was a, yeah, that is a steep learning curve and a, and a peek behind the curtain of how, how that works. So once I got into that and everything else, you know, you start looking at and you, you think, well, you, you, like you talked about picking up the opportunity. Well, you know, the fire chief, she, she used to coach, uh, you know, the top ranked girls basketball team in the country that traveled all over. So her background is in athletics. So having that conversation where, with her of, you know, why are we letting people sit in suits and tell us how good they're going to be? And maybe part of our problem operationally was we're not, we're not looking for the right intangibles when it comes to that. So um, I, I just, I, I, like I said, I, I met the HR gal that, that came down that day and, and said, these are, these are the problems, how I see them. Um, and this is what I'd like to do. And it's, it's evolved all the way to the, the, to what it is now, where it's been, I mean, it's been almost, it's been almost five years, four and a half, four and some change. And I mean, I, I think we've hired in the last calendar year, I've hired 99 firemen. So wow. you talk about a department that's 497. Um, yeah. That's a young department. That's 20% of your department. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's not even, I mean, like I said, and, and that number, I, I just looked that up because my chief said he needed something for the performance appraisal. So he said, how many people did you hire? And I, I had no idea. I looked, I looked it up yesterday. There's only, I don't know that number <laughs> I'll pay him, but yeah. I clicked yeah. I, I on there and, and it was nine. But the thing about it is, is as soon as we started, you know, we dropped the EMT requirement, which opened up the, you know, I went from when I, when I took it over, we had, as soon as we had enough people to do an interview day, we'd interview them all. And then now it's evolved to where I think yesterday I have, I don't know, three or five, just shy of 400 open applications and an an eligibility list with guys that we've already interviewed. And it's gotten to a point where um, we've had to go to phase one, phase two, where phase one, just to figure out who to invite to the interview, um, it, we we had to do it to where you show up and you're going to do PT and based on those numbers included with the run and everything else, your your PT is what gets you invited back for the official interview a few days later and then go into you know the the basically half the smoke diver O course and in a pack helmet awesome. glove mile and a half run. And then the the best part, and this is the one that, that I think, and, and it was by default, I did, I just, I thought, how do you interview people and, and find out who they are in, in 30 minutes? How do I figure out if you're going to be a good fit for 30 years? And the firehouse kitchen table has always, and will always be the greatest place on earth. And so I pushed tables together and I got a couple other ghetto firemen that, and, and we sit down and we just, we just chat and we, and it's one of those things where you kind of get the feel. We ask some, some questions, open end questions, but they kind of take it their own way. And you just get, I, I tell them nothing. Google told you to say, we all know you want to help people and you've wanted to do this since you're a kid. 
don't give us those answers because we can't, if you want to work here, I can't differentiate between you and somebody else that says the exact same thing. So yeah. it's, it, it's been, it's been a, a, you know, like you said, I, I, and the amount of phone calls and emails that I got after doing the scrap from other departments saying help, especially in my own state, which blew my mind when it's like, yeah. help, help us, help us get there. Build the model. Right there. Yeah, so that's great. Did you guys experience any resistance in implementing that model, or is there generally a, a good amount of buy-in? I'm sure, you know, like with anything else, I'm sure there's resistance. I think just with the fact that um, it, it, it's like I always tell people, H, HR developed the program, I just run it. And so I yeah. think that that's the critical thing that you miss is that, you know, it's hard to it's hard to, to maintain something if if they have holes that they can poke in it. Well, the fact yeah. that like, the HR gal that that I mean will build a statue of her someday outside of the firehouse um, that she, I just she had she had some firemen in her family. So I think had a little bit of background. But like I said, when I when I just told her, hey, we this these are 30 year decisions and I need you to yeah. help me better filter out these people because you know we we don't we we need it and so yeah. i think that was the biggest thing was is that you know and and don't get me wrong there's been people come after with eeo violations and everything else but the the best part about our process is is that it it's like anything else i i tell people all the time like the best part about the fire service is is that there is no when we all put our gear on and and you're in full gear you tell me, tell me what, tell me, you can't pick the three of us out unless you look at the name on the back of the, the code. And yeah. right, when we pull up to a house, we don't go, hmm, is this person late on their taxes? Or are they from a, a different religion or a different culture yeah. than me? No, we we don't care. We legitimately, it's, it's probably one of the only careers left where you don't have to worry about any of that. And that's what, that's what I've kind of built into our process is, and is that and and like I said, it's come under attack from people that didn't get hired and they wanted to find a, a they wanted to find a reason why. And then, lo and behold, they they you know they flush it all out and they're like, actually, this is yeah. this this works itself out to to fit whatever narrative or or agenda that you're looking for. It just it doesn't know the process doesn't know the difference between. Any anything you yeah. can check a box for, yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's a that's like a. Have you seen like a? You said there's been a huge culture shift. Has there been a, a shift in the that five years noticeable one? I mean, I would like to think so. So, so I think that also you want to just talk about timing and lucky and everything else is is that uh, one of my lieutenants. Um, we've got about the same amount of time on. He was a fireman at twos where I'm the captain now. And then he was my lieutenant. Um, when I got promoted, I went to two after I went downtown, went to went out east for a little while and then came to twos and where I'm at still and been there the last three years. Well, so my lieutenant there, great ghetto fireman, just a just a great dude, good athlete growing up, you know, brother on the job. I mean, just one of those guys, just a, a, a great guy, Clint Gifford. And well, he decided he was offered the position to go about, go be the lead recruit instructor. So he, he, you've got 
you know, we're, we're all in the same firehouse. We're, we're going to work. We've got a, the, one of the best battalion chiefs ever worked in Wichita. That's our chief. And so you've got all these things and you're, you, you kind of just catch lightning in a bottle where even if I hire somebody that's, that's not, that, that isn't going to work out. I mean, we're, we're going to miss, you know what I mean? When you're, when you're yeah. looking at hundreds of people and you're hiring, you know, 99 in the last calendar year, you're, you're yeah. going to miss on some. But the beauty of it is, is that no one that's ever sat down in that recruit room on day one and they tell them this, look around because not all of you will be here when it's graduation yeah. time. And, and that attrition rate is what keeps that, let that level up. So I would say, you know, it, it, are, are there some that are, you know, you're going to go through those, those lulls where every now and then uh, you'll have these classes that are just, I mean, you are, you just have first ballot hall of famers up and down yeah. the, the group and you have guys who are solid guys in the room that are really questioning, you know, if, yeah. if they can do the job. And so yeah. Right. Uh, that that's been the beauty of it is, is that you have like-minded individuals at every level. Like I said, the battalion chief of training right now taught my recruit class. Then the captain, and lieutenant in the same firehouse going to work all the time are now, you know, hiring and training. And so you, right. you just, it, it, like I said, it, it could all fall apart tomorrow and they could come in and tell me, you know, to, to get lost. But at, <laughs> at this point we we've, the ship's so far from the shore, uh, we've we've lost sight of it. So yeah. that's awesome, man. That's really awesome. I uh, so I want to I want to ask you like kind of a two part question. Um, and again, this is like just based off the stuff that I that I was listening to before. So you have a, a a four part question that you ask about what what's important, right? So mm-hmm. you, the crew, the citizen, or the structure. And I, a I love that, and I think um, I think. Uh, people saying they're the most important is a big, we were talking about this today, like with EMS that you get taught, like you can't be the next victim. Right. And then that translates because so many people require EMS. This was what we were talking with Ray McCormick. So many people require EMS that you have to be able to shift your mindset from an EMS call to a fire call, you know what I mean? And be different. So I, I guess one is explain like, like why you do that. And I guess like what you see from the results of asking that question. And then, I, I know how you feel and I imagine everybody else knows how you feel like your answer and like why, like what you think the fire service is about, like based on that question, like saving people. Right. Yep. So, uh, when I sat down and, and it's one of those things to where you, they, I, my questions have evolved a little bit, you know, it started out as this and, and I first, when I, you know, when we first took it over it, we still had a little bit of the component of different rooms and everything else. Um, but you know, I labeled my questions, the, the fire service culture room. And it was one of those things to where I, when I sat down and thought about it, you know, you see, and, and my fire chief or my, uh, battalion chief right now, he always says, because when I, when I hired on and I went into the firehouse, there was a poster that had the 16 life safety initiatives and yep. everyone goes home is mm-hmm. like the the biggest buzzword, everything else. And, you know, it's like, you can do everything right. And, and shit's still going to go, go yeah. wrong. I mean, we're, you're, Not you're going, goes you, yeah, you're <laughs> going out to fight. You can, you can do everything. I've done everything wrong more times than I probably even know and gotten away with it. 
And yeah, I'm sure right. we all can speak to that. But uh, as as far as the the question was, I just was. I just I had such heartache with the fact that somewhere along the line it became about us and not them. And so when I asked that question, one, it gives me the opportunity because in, in the application, if you don't have any fire service experience, you don't have to answer the question of what's your favorite fireground tool and why? What nozzle would you use for interior operations and why? Or, you know, so but when I when I put the safety question on there is is because and 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 if off to the side, you know, it gave some direction to the the interviewer as far as not not the ideal answer, but just kind of a, a guideline of this is what you're looking for. And so, honestly, I, I think that even if even the folks that answer it wrong, it drives the conversation to the fact that when somebody puts that on there, they will go, they'll revert back right to the EMT answer. Now it helps a lot now that we don't that we don't require the EMT. So we're interviewing a lot of people who were professional baseball players, cage fighters, Golden Glove boxers. I mean, they have all the intangibles that I cannot teach. I mean, I there's right. a guy I just hired who he might be. He starts August 21st, and he might be the best athlete that this job has ever seen. He's a boxer, and I mean, he made a mockery of our physical portion of the of the interview, and could, and and never stopped smiling the entire time. So. The, but the question was, you know, the, you see it. And, and so I ask it on the application and at the interview, same exact question. So I have your answer. So if, I, so if, if Will applies tomorrow and he puts that on there and then he goes and does some research and he watches the podcast and then he gets in there and he changes his answer. Fantastic. Because yeah. I go, well, it says right. Cause I got my computer pulled up and say, it says yeah. right here, Will, that you think that your safety is number one. So What's changed? Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. because you, you put people yeah. under a little pressure, we get to see what they're made of and, and it drives the conversation. So even the yeah. folks that even if I don't hire them or I spent, it really rains home with the ones who have previous experience somewhere, they've worked at a department and they say it. And then I get to say, I'll say, okay, Will, who do you love the most in this world? Most people say my wife, my mom, my kids, whatever. I'm like, okay, yeah. hey. Haley and I and Aaron Taylor, the guy, the the two folks that do the interviews with me on my interview team. Uh, you know, Aaron works for me. Actually, went through Smoke Divers before I knew him. I recruited him out of Kansas City once. I actually just invited him to a party and we hit it off. And he's been on my crew ever since. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Great dude. And then Haley, Haley is a she's a, a fireman that came up underneath my one of my mentors and best friends, Scott Kleinschmidt. And so she's a ghetto ghetto rescue bodybuilder, just an animal of of a fireman. And so uh, it's it's it works out well. And I just say, hey, Will, you know, the three of us are on truck two tonight. We pull up to your mom's house, who you say you love the most in the world. Do you want me to worry about her safety first, or you want me to worry about mine? And and it you you just see you make exactly and you and you see it resonate with them where they say, uh, you know, uh, I my mom's you know and I'm like right, yeah. okay all right so you know you I'm 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 a career fireman I took an oath I you know I have five or six thousand dollars well I don't even know what bunker gear costs it's a lot I have the right, top of the line yeah. gear that that Kelly Ross bought us uh, you know I have everything. I have every advantage. I've got the best training, the best whatever. 
you know, who, and I tell them, I say, listen, none of us have a death wish at, at all. But if you're, if you're good at your job, that's how we achieve safety. And so knowledge, yep. skill, training, and experience. I mean, uh, Italian chief on the job by the name of Matt Bowen, uh, he, he's been spitting that out, knowledge, skill, training, and experience for as long as I can ever remember him talking. And that's how you maintain that safety. So it it it's a great question because no matter how you answer, if you answer it the way it is, why? Tell, tell me why. So then you can figure out who just cheated and watched the podcast and wrote the answer down. So, right. but, but it gives that, it, it just, like I said, it's one of those questions where I say, hey, if if you don't feel that way, um, this may not be the career for you. And and there is no hard feelings. There's no, you yeah. know, there's nothing wrong right. with that. Not everybody's cut out to be a fireman. Yeah. Right. And I, I've been, I've been, uh, you, again, you can ask Barry, like I've been on this kick, like I, I rewatched, you know, uh, Ray McCormick's Culture of Extinguishment speech from 09. Uh, uh, listened to Chief Rhodes' speech at FDIC this yeah. year. Uh, you know, Justin McWilliams is putting a lot of stuff up with the with the oh, rescue yeah. survey, and then like listening listening to you and and some of these other people, and it's just like it's like that's where like that's 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 how I feel, and like it's not it's not the overwhelming. I say it's I don't know want to say overwhelming, but it's definitely not the like feeling that everybody has in the fire service. And, uh, and I, I love, I love how you present that because it's like, listen, I'm working tonight and I'm going to save your, the person you love most in the world. And maybe that's you. Yeah. Do you want me to put you ahead of me? Do you want me to put your mom ahead of me? Or do you want me to put myself ahead? And like, yeah, I think like that's gotta be a light bulb moment for people. It, It is. And then the nice thing is, is if you say, Okay, now let's say that they rank the citizens then themselves. And and then I say, okay, well, you know, me and uh, we hire you. It's your first night on the floor. Me and you go in on this search and shit starts getting hairy. Do you want me to save myself or do you want me to make sure you get out? And then they're like, get me out. And and so (laughs) it's, it's 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 a great question because it doesn't matter how they answer it, it can go any different way. And so that, that, that's where, you know, and, and I just, it was one of those things I didn't even put that much thought into it initially. I just knew the things that I wanted to talk about, you know, there's only five questions. So, but the interview will go for a long time because we'll, we'll, and then we put you under a little pressure a little bit later with a, you know, with an open-ended question. So it, it just, it's hard to make decisions and I, and I take it, very seriously. And, you know, it's like, I, I am, you know, I, I want to bat, I want to bat a thousand, but it's not realistic. Thank God I got Gifford Gifford over there filtering it out. And then now his, his, one of his top, uh, one of his guys that teaches with him is actually my senior private. So we've kind of got the same mindset of what you know, and, and all different backgrounds. I mean, my senior private, Jason Kerfoot's, you know, he's been, it's a steep learning curve for him because he's always just been a, a phenomenal engineer and, you know, just a great dude. Uh, now he's teaching and you know how that is. It's like that there's, there's a, that's a different change. And now, you know, the gravity that he takes it. I mean, that guy's in there grinding all the time trying to get better at being an instructor and, and doing well at it. So we're, we're just very fortunate to have a lot of like-minded individuals in key positions to, to make a difference in the job and it's going to turn around and it's going to save lives. I mean, I, you know, 
you you, me- you never know how many it's going to because you're you're you know if you're a professional and you and you turn out fast and your and your skills are on point um you know you don't realize that you know you don't even realize it doesn't even have to be grabs it it can just be the fact that you made a great stop before it got two rooms down or to the house that it was going to expose next door i mean a lot yeah, of times yeah. that's the way it is yeah absolutely yeah. and it's it's a shift in the mentality of like it's like people are just understanding like it's not about you like right. all the training the gear the equipment all the nice shit that we have like it's not for you yeah. it's for them no it's to that's maximize it. the it chance is. of making a difference for them like it keeps right. you safe but the goal is to get to them and get them out safely right. So, yeah. we're, we're the only yeah. ones coming for us, but we're also the only ones coming for them. Yeah. And yeah. they don't have, they don't have all that gear saving them, you know, like it's a, yeah. I, I just, I don't know. Like I, I really, I really feel that, you know what I mean? And, and, and I, like, if you're being completely blunt, like I didn't always understand that. Right. So like, oh, no. I didn't always understand that. So it takes, it takes time to like, it doesn't, it doesn't always take time. Like if you have like the right structure, which sounds like you guys are putting in place, like you can get that a lot earlier in your career, yeah. but it takes time. And I do think that part of that is that whole like EMS mentality. It's drilled into you, drilled into you, drilled into you. And then you're also, you know, being a fireman and you have to like balance those things. But um, the more I, I mean, like I said, you can ask Barry, I've been on a, been on a real kick about it. <laughs> that's good. Um, well, and that's, and that's what sometimes, you know, like I had a, a, a buddy of mine that was a great mentor that that's a captain over at 22s. And I, I called him the other day or I emailed him something about, you know, we, we've made a couple 48s in a row uh, wrecks with where, you know, PDs under the same thing where, you know, they're, they're hiring every single person they possibly can. And so you have a bunch of folks out there who have no real world experience. And so we've identified a couple of times where, you know, their, their lack of situational awareness is going to get them jammed up. And, and, you know, my Lieutenant, you know, take it very seriously. And so I, I reached out this, this guy's the guru and all things electricity. And, and he actually said, Hey, tell your Lieutenant, Thank you for caring because it makes me care again. And yeah. I thought about that. And yeah, I thought, man. I thought, man, you know, because it's so easy to just, eh, whatever. But yeah. you know, somebody else putting in the effort and going the extra mile to say, hey, let's educate these folks on on getting this. Yeah. And you know, but it it all it just all comes back to like I said, the the luck. I mean, if if David Rhodes doesn't fly into Wichita and I don't, you know, Sam Hiddle doesn't say, hey. Uh, I need you to pick this guy up at the airport. I think you guys would get along great. Uh, you, I mean, you talk about like in that movie Wolf of Wall Street, where you have those random meetings where you're where it changes yeah. your life. And it's like if I don't pick if I don't pick Chief Rhodes up at the airport that day, uh, the entire course of my career is is different. And we're not having this conversation. And the hiring isn't going this way. And I mean, it just I I yeah. I, I thank God every day for ten years ago when I picked him up because. You know what he did for me, and and I, you know, he gave me a job at FDIC, and and was was a mentor to me, well before I ever went to Smoke Divers. I mean, they, you know, I was like, yeah. oh, I'm too old, I'm too old, you know, I'm I'm not going to go. And and finally, they said, you know, enough guys said, hey, at FDIC said, you you have to. It's it's that, and it, and it was it was life changing more more so. You know, nothing nothing crazy tactically, um, everything else, but just that servant leadership mindset and that it, that sh- that breaking you down mentally um yeah. it, it it builds you back up and you just realize that i mean i've had several instances on the fire ground where 
uh, you know, had it's something wrong with the, you know, air pack getting your face mask getting peeled away, things like that. Where if I didn't spend that that uh, that vacation seven days down in Georgia, um, it it could have been a different different outcome. So I I like I said, it it's one of those things to where you want to talk about just sheer luck, uh, and then uh, fire engineering and and spreading that message and standing up there on stage between the entire fire service and being unapologetic for occupying yeah. the inside of those structures. Yeah. I mean, I could listen to that on freaking repeat. And but the funny thing is, he's been he's been telling me for ten years, you know. So I feel like <laughs> yeah. that. I feel like I knew what was going to come out of his mouth next. Right. And, and I, you know, it's, it's just been a, yeah. it's been a wonderful ride. And, and like I said, yeah. it's, I'm, I'm just glad I get to give back and, and I'm in a position to make a, a difference, at least in my city and, and with the phone calls and, and emails and stuff from other departments, hopefully, you know, that, that whole thing spreads out and you guys know how it is. It's just, you know, when you, when you have that, when you have that right mindset and we all kind of gravitate towards each other because you realize Oh, there's somebody in other departments that are just like me, and you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're in a safe place. That's what we tell people all yeah. the time. Is, yeah. You're, you're in a safe place, you know. <laughs> and 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 uh, again, going back to talking with with Ray a little bit, is is he said that he really feels like there's a grassroots like campaign within the fire service like coming up, and uh, and and that that it's that it's headed in some good directions and. Not that the fire service wasn't in good directions. I just, like you said, I think you know, um, ebbs and flows. Yeah, yeah, it ebbs and flows, sure. and maybe, maybe, maybe we're we're starting to to you know trend upward. And I don't know. It's just it's good. Just like you said, man, it's good to hear. Like other people have this thought. You know, it's yeah. awesome that you can listen to something, get fired up, send a message. I mean, it, it, we t- you talk about the goods and bads of social media. Here's the good right here, man. Yeah. It's like yeah, absolutely. you know, like listen to it, send a message. Hey man, fucking love it. You want to come chat with us a little bit? And, and now here we are. So, um, yeah. we're, we're kind of coming up to that hour and, and, and listen, I would, I could, I would sit here and talk to till midnight if you want to, sure. um, <laughs> but, but, uh, we'll, 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 won't keep you too long. Uh, people that don't know where we're recording, it's, uh, eight o'clock, uh, where you're at nine o'clock where we're at. So, um, we'll make sure you can get home, home to the family and stuff. But, um, I want to, I want to leave, uh, with two things. One is, uh, we, we took a couple of questions and I apologize. Um, my, uh, my ADD brain forgot that we were traveling to New Jersey this weekend. So I don't have, <laughs> I have a nice little mobile setup with me here. Um, so, so, um, if you could leave us with two things, one is a drill that you like recommend for people. So like, um, for like your favorite drill or something, if you're just doing like a quick hitter. And then the second is I would love if you answer your own question, I'd love to hear what your favorite fire ground tool is. All right. So the, the first thing that, uh, that's my favorite drill. Well, outside of the fact that we've, we've now built our DIY cold plunge and that 37, 38 degrees for three minutes, uh, the, the morning I get there in the morning, I leave game changer when you start getting into your forties and everything hurts. Uh, so yeah. But outside of that, uh, I, 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 the, the thing that, that my crew does almost every shift is we just do uh, a circuit workout in gear. 
So you go through one bottle, you, you put all your gear on, you set up, you do, you know, a, a dummy drag, you flip a tire, you climb a ladder, touch the top twice. Sometimes you'll carry a saw. We hook a, we've got a hydrant behind our firehouse. So we hook a two and a half up to that. You flow a little bit of water. We do, you know, uh, we stick a bar in the corner and you do, you know, five on, or 10 on each arm with a plate on there. And then we do the, we tie a dumbbell to a rope up on our second floor and we hoist it up. Um, the gear workout, just being acclimated, and that that was something that was back from smoke divers was that when I trained for it, there's no substitute for that. So that yeah. that quick, and like I said, we do one bottle, and then as soon as you're out of air and you set your pass device off, whoever's working in the area has to come package you, and, and you have to exit the firehouse. So they drag you out whichever way is the closest or whatever. So the, I, I feel like that that, you know, that is the most beneficial thing. And, and trust me that, you know, our heat index right now, is, you know, is 110. So we do it early, but you know how it is. There is nothing like you can feel when you, yeah, there's you no substitute. Get so that's, that's our number one go-to thing that we try to do every day. And there's some days I'll be in that office and, and they'll be like, what time are you available? You know, cause it's, it's a big firehouse. We've got, we've got 10, 11 guys that, there and and it's like so i would say that that's the number one thing is just and and it does like i said it's one bottle so some of my guys will will suck that thing down they're big linebackers you know they're they're behemoths of men that they, they won't go as long but it's great because it's it's equal sacrifice not equal giving so right and, and then Love you're that getting thing. that you're getting that pack every single time you're getting that smoke diver package as far as, you know, as far as break, getting them up on that bottle, you know, getting that thing hooked back around their legs and then tightening everything down and getting them back out. So it also, by default, one, you're getting good at the air consumption. Two, you're just getting good at the, you're getting a good workout in with all the different things, uh, you know, that you could do on the fire ground. But the listening for that pass device and not accepting like there's nothing that drives me crazy more crazy when i listen to a, a audio from a fire ground or watch a, a raw video is that everybody's perfectly content with that pass device just going off and that's right. something that Rhodes has hammered into it like you you hear that it should sound the alarm like it should so we i mean guys guys at, at, at fire ground i'll see at real fires and stuff i it, their alarm goes off for a second and i'm like Please, we would love nothing more than to package you on this fire ground and take you out. So yeah. that, like I said, the, the gear workouts are, are, and like I said, some days I absolutely don't want to do it. I really don't. Yeah. And so, right. but when I, as soon as I get done, I'm really glad I did. So yeah, yeah. that, and then my, my favorite fire ground tool, um, I mean, ha hands down is the Halligan. Um, I mean, it, it just, it, it's what I, it's what I'll roll with. I mean, you know. I've got my my six foot hook with my my rake on one end and my New York on the other, and then got my uh, got my my weld in there, my chain link welded in, so I'm married up, and it's it's just one of those things to where uh, that if if I had nothing else, it's like that Halligan at least. I mean, I can get out of a lot of trouble with that. So yeah. uh, it's it's I'm I'm not as good at, with it as 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 Sam Hiddle is, but. Uh, I don't have all the the math done, but I I can be I can be pretty salty with it. We're uh, we we gotta get awesome. we gotta convince him to come on and talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll work on it. 
All right. All right. I, I actually, so just, just real quick as I, uh, I've been talking to one of our lieutenants, he's a lieutenant in our heavy rescue about, about putting like a, a forcible entry class together. And how do you like, cause I think, uh, I think that like forcible entry is awesome. And when you're standing in front of that door and you just want to start working or the prop and you want to start working, your mind doesn't pay attention to a lot of that little shit. And then you, that guys get up and all of a sudden they're just beating the shit out of the door. And you're like, we just, like we just talked about, like, this right. is so much easier if you just use the mechanical event, you know what I mean? So yeah. I talked to him a little bit about, you know, how do we build like a PowerPoint that's not so like PowerPoint, death by PowerPoint that people will actually listen to it and get some of those like finer points of it across and then transition into like a hands-on portion kind of thing. So, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe Hiddle can help us out. We will. And and he'll be the first to tell you that, you know, he doesn't like door props for the most part because it, it's it's great to teach the ABCs of it. But right. we all we all know that I, I can walk up to that door and take a quick look at it. And know if I just start can opening it from the down low, I'm going to be through that wood in no time. And that doesn't do anybody just because I'm through doesn't mean that I took the right step. So. Right. I, I, he he definitely is because you know how it is. It's like that doesn't play out that way in the real world, and as definitely right. slamming your tool into it is is not. I I uh, yeah. Yeah, so, you learn how to beat the prop and not how to not how to to win against a, a door if you right. if you don't if you don't learn yeah. the, some of those finer points. So yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, Barry, you got anything uh, before we we wrap it up? I mean, I think honestly, like if you want to come yeah. back on at some point, we we should do it because I could, <laughs> yeah, man, I could yeah. have this conversation all day, man. Yeah, well, and, and like I said, it uh, if you ever, if you ever find yourself out in the Midwest, come by and we'll uh, we'll we'll throw you on the rig and we'll have some breakfast and we'll get we'll get after it. Yeah, that might, have, right. that might have to happen. <laughs> uh, uh, thank Barry, you so you much, man. Before we wrap it up, you bet. No, nah, just thank you for your time. It's awesome to just listen and soak up the knowledge. We really appreciate you, man. No, nah, yeah. man, I appreciate you guys. I mean, you're out there spreading the message. I'm just, you know, like I said, I, I, the, the funny thing is, I always somebody told me one time that uh, knowledge is power, but only if you share it, and that I, I find that to be, uh, you know, one hundred percent true. Absolutely, yeah. man. I, I love it. Um, all right, so uh, we'll wrap that up, guys. Uh, make sure you check us out uh, for our next one, and uh, remember that. Uh, knowledge skill training and experience makes safety so we'll leave it we'll leave it at that and we'll see you guys at the next one thanks guys